When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with freedom through faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hallelujah! Hello everyone everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Glory to God. We're so glad that you could join us today. We're so glad that we can rejoice in the Lord this day. Thank you, Father, for the blessings that you've given to us. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of our every need. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our Lord and our Savior. Thank you, Lord, for the technology that allows us to come by the Internet through the whole world simultaneously. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we give you praise, honor, and glory. We thank you, Father, that you loved us so much that you gave Jesus for the whole world. Jesus, we thank you that you are our Lord and our Savior. And Lord, through the technology that you have blessed us with, your word is going forth right now throughout the entire planet, touching people's hearts and changing their lives. Your word says it does not return to you void, but accomplishes what you please and prospers where you send it. Therefore, Lord, we give you all the honor, glory, and praise this day that hearts would be touched, souls would be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Get out your Bibles and turn to Revelations chapter 12 and also hold your finger there and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 because that's what we're going to be reading from here in a second. But first, let's recite our statement of faith. We do this each and every Sunday on this broadcast just to lay the solid foundation upon which we're going to build. Amen. Just repeat these words after me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. And the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended up into heaven and sits now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from where he shall return soon to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, I believe that the church is the body of Christ. I believe in the communion of saints. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the resurrection of the body 
and I believe in life everlasting, in Jesus' name, amen, and amen. Glory to God. Now, have you found Revelations chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians 16 yet? Well, go ahead and flip over there. I'll wait. You see, we've been in a study about revival in America. And we've already covered the facts that before the blessing comes, judgment always comes first. We've studied how America has fallen from being a great nation, one that believed in God and His Son, Jesus the Messiah or Christ, as the English-speaking world calls Him. We studied last week about the need for revival in America. Today, I want to go over some things that are hindering revival from coming to America. It's not an impossibility for revival, but there are some things that must be taken care of before we can experience revival. Now, don't get me wrong, I firmly believe that we are on the precipice of a, a great end-time revival, not just in America, but around the world. Amen? Glory to God. But America will have a part in this revival, in this end-time harvest of souls. We will be involved. Glory to God. But how large a role America will play, how large a role the churches in America will play, how large a role you will play, all of that depends on how you prepare yourself and your church and your community and this nation for revival. Amen? Okay, did you find Revelation chapter 12? And I want you to look at verse 11. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, we'll look at verse 9. I'll read these two verses together. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Now in the book of 1 Corinthians 69, it says, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. There are many hindrances to what the Bible-believing churches are trying to do in America today. If you're not aware of that, I hope that you will be before we finish today. Amen? We should not take this challenge lightly at all. I do not want to go on without you completely understanding that this is warfare and that the warfare is going on in this nation, and it's spiritual warfare. If there is one thing that I understand, it's this, that my adversary is not just flesh and blood. I did not come here today to fight the hierarchy of the community or the preachers and the leaders of churches or your ministerial association committees and all that. I'm not come here to fight with you or to argue with you. Our fight is with spiritual wickedness. Where? In high places. And unfortunately, these wicked spirits have come down and invaded churches all across this land. As well as all of the elements 
of the government across this nation. In Ephesians 16.12, I just alluded to that scripture, it says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Matter of fact, that's the mission statement of our Mission for America outreach. Amen. We travel to the geographic extreme locations of this land, easternmost, southernmost, you know, midpoint, and all those all these locations funds allow we'd like to take at least one Mission for America trip per year. But we go to these extreme geographic locations and pray for America. The Lord said we're effectively closing those gates in those extreme areas, symbolically speaking, around this nation. Amen. But this Ephesians 16.12 is our mission statement for that. Anyway, that's talking about warfare. It is our warfare. And don't take for granted the spiritual warfare that's ours. But having said that, I want to say to you right now that having been saved by grace, full of the Holy Spirit of the Most High God, that we have overcoming power to defeat every single demon of hell that would try to stick their ugly heads up against the work the church is called to do. Amen. And I want to preach on this subject today, overcoming power to the hindrances of revival in America. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 16.9, Paul just told us there are many adversaries. Anytime a child of God sets out to do something for the Lord, there is always going to be obstacles in the way. Anytime a church begins to seek God in a revival, there will always be obstacles in the way. You dare not trample on the ground of Satan, the one who has a stronghold in this world. We dare not trample on his ground without being prepared to face him head on. Amen? Let me say this very carefully to you right now. I am not magnifying the power of the devil in any way. But what I'm trying to make you aware of are some of his snares and his tricks. In Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 26, we read, For among my people are found wicked men. They lay in wait as he that sets snares. They set a trap. They catch men. You know, you've probably seen some headlines of fallen pastors in the news. The devil laid a trap and got his man. And then, just as Jesus paraded Satan around in hell, showing all the demons that Satan had been defeated, that Jesus is now King of Kings, Lord of Lords, that Jesus took all the power of the enemy, all the keys of hell, death, and the grave. Jesus conquered every single bit of it. 
and paraded Satan around so all of the little demons could see it. When Satan traps a man of God, he will also trap him around so that all the other people can see it and question the validity of God's word. That's all Satan is trying to do is get you to doubt the word of God. Well, if he fell and he's such a great man of God, what does that mean for little old me? See, that's the trick. That's what he's trying to do. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Jesus overcame all of that. Most folks who fill the average church pew do not know what real spiritual warfare is. I mean, their concept of spiritual warfare is the refrigerator breaking and they lose all their food or the washing machine quits right in the middle of a load or they're going to an appointment and they have a flat tire on a car. Most of them would say something like, boy, the devil's really been hot on my trail today. Folks, I want to tell you, and I'm saying this in love, okay, don't write me no angry letters, but that is not spiritual warfare. But when a child of God hits his head on uh, trying to rescue the perishing and care for the dying and and trying to find spiritual power, trying to seek the fullness of God in their lives, trying to clean themselves to make them a fit vessel for God, you better mark it down. There are going to be obstacles in their path. The devil is going to raise his old ugly head and he's going to try and use whatever he can to trip you up. And you can rest assured, you can take this to the bank. You are no match for the devil. He'll outdo you every time. Unless, glory, hallelujah, you are a born-again, spirit-filled, Bible-believing child of God. Hallelujah. Shout amen, somebody. Greater is he who's in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. I dare not stand here and make a rallying accusation against the devil, for I have no power to defeat him in myself apart from the power of the Son of God, Jesus Christ himself, who's already defeated the devil, has already stripped him of his power. Amen. I have no power in myself. For I'm created lower than the angels. Satan has more power than me as a man. Satan has more power than you as a human being, man or woman. What are you saying, Brother Bob? You're so negative. No, 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 I'm not. I'm just trying to be honest with you. I cannot defeat Satan in myself. But I don't have to hang my head down low. I don't have to take a back seat to worrying about that or biting my fingernails because my older brother, Jesus, has already defeated him at Calvary. Amen. 
You see, Satan is going about as a roaring lion. It didn't say he was a roaring lion. He's acting as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. People have to say, they have to do something, something to give the devil permission to devour them. Amen. But I'm glad to report to you today that God Almighty is on his throne and Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. Amen. Ever to make intercession for us when all we have to do is pray. Glory to God. And the devil doesn't like it when God's people begin to get serious about God's word. The devil doesn't care if you have a little singing here and preaching there. The devil doesn't discourage that at all. I will tell you, the devil is not upset when you have your little fellowship meetings and your little ladies' luncheons. That doesn't frighten him. The devil is not upset when you start a building committee to build this big mega church. It's not concerned with that at all. Amen? But when God's people begin to get unified and in one mind and in one accord and begin to pray for the Holy Ghost power and begin to seek God for Holy Spirit-led revival, I tell you, the devil will begin to get nervous. He'll stick up his head. He'll try to discourage you. He'll throw things in your path trying to trip you up. But I'm glad, praise God, that greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Amen. Shout amen, somebody. Glory to God. Now, when God's children nail the door shut on their prayer closet, refusing to come out, and they start praying for the lost. They start praying for the perishing. They start caring for the dying, seeking the lost, trying to get the unchurched into church. Let them start making phone calls or personal visitation and get concerned for their next door neighbors. And then ask God for good old Holy Ghost, sin-hating, devil-fighting revival. Then you'll see the devil get nervous and riled up. And he'll raise his ugly head again and again, trying to discourage you again and again. But again, I'm glad, thank God, that greater is he that's in us that's in this world. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible tells us that there is a lot of hindrances in this thought of revival that we're talking about today. When I study the Word of God, there's a lot of things that I see that will bring hindrance to revival. And I just want to give you a few of them really quick. One, when you start seeking God for revival, the first hindrance that's hard to overcome, now this will hurt some of your feelings, it's a hindrance of pride. There is the hindrance of pride in this nation and among churches in this land. That's going to cause the efforts of revival to be hindered and actually stopped right in its tracks. There is no place for pride in the cause 
of revival from God. There's no place for pride in the house of God, for there are no big shots in the eyes of God. None. No big shots in God's kingdom. There are no big folks that can boast about great works. We are all just a bunch of saved sinners. Sinners who's had their debt paid by Jesus. Sinners who should have gone to hell if it were not for the grace of God. There's nobody in listening to me today that is greater in God's eyes than anybody else. I don't care if you got a doctor or a PhD by your name, or if you even have 20 theological degrees. It does not matter what school you went to, what Bible college you went to, if you even went to Bible college. It does not matter. It doesn't matter if you drive a Lincoln Town car or a Hyundai that's blowing smoke like a bug sprayer going down the highway. I'm telling you that when we go to cavalry and we find our way to heaven through Jesus our Savior, there's no difference between any of us. Amen. You're no better than me. I'm no better than you. We're not better than the next guy. You can take Billy Graham and put him right next to Joe the drunk on the street who just received Jesus as his Savior, and in God's eyes, they're equal. They're his children. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus of all things. Joint heir means you get an equal share. Glory to God. So there is no big shots in heaven. You know, you hear some of these people talking about, you know, oh, he's got a big mansion when he gets to heaven. That means that there are rankings in heaven. That means that God looks more favorably on some folks than other folks, which means now God is being prejudicial, which means God's not being fair, which means that you, know, you get the idea. Folks, when we get to heaven, all we're going to be doing is shouting praises to God, thanking Jesus for saving us. And that's enough. You're there. You made it. Knowing that for all of eternity, you'll be in heaven, not hell. Because those that refuse to acknowledge Jesus as Lord and reject the counsel of God, reject the word of God, reject the preachers of God, they wish they could have one more chance to receive Jesus as their Savior. And over and over and over and over in their minds while they're in hell will be every chance they had to ask Jesus into their heart. And they said no. All of eternity, they'll realize the 35 chances they had or whatever number it might be. 
and they rejected it for temporary human pleasure. That's the great travesty. Amen. Hallelujah. When we get to cavalry and we get to heaven and there's no difference between any of us, it's going to be the same or by the same way each and every person from Peter through Joe the drunk out on the street got there. It's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, old spiritual pride is a hindrance to revival. Whenever we start looking at ourselves in a way that's not Christ-like, we start looking at ourselves as something we are not. You see, here is the strange thing about revival. Whenever a person has revival, he'll see himself like God sees him. Most of us really have a higher opinion of ourselves than we deserve. Most of us will judge ourselves by others. We say, well, I'm not as bad as that other guy or as those other people are. I'm not as bad as this crowd over there. I'm not as bad as so-and-so, and he goes to church. And then we pick out someone that we think is not up to our standard, as we think. We'll say, I'm not as bad as that other crowd or person, but I want you to know, God does not judge us by others. He only judges us by his only son, Jesus. When you begin to compare yourself to him, I can guarantee you, you're going to come up with the short end of the stick every single time. And he will judge you also by his word, who is Jesus, by the way. And I say that sinful pride has no place in revival. The thing that's going to keep revival from coming to America or to American churches in the, the coming days is going to be pride. You see that in churches now. What's one of the first things? You meet a fellow believer or at some point in a conversation, and you know, maybe it's, uh, hey, can you meet us for golf Sunday? Yeah, okay, uh, you know, I go to church, I get out of church at 12, what time are we looking at hooking up? Oh, you go to church? Well, number one, that's a dead giveaway right there. Why would they ask, oh, you go to church? That means you're living your life as if you didn't go to church. Amen? So, they ask, oh, you go to church? I go to such and such church. You know, the one with the pastor that's on TV and, you know, all that. And when you tell them you're going to a little community church, you know, with a no-name pastor, they, they look at you like, oh, how do you feel now? 
You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.